homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. We are delighted to be with you today talking about all things homeschool, high school, and I am one of your hosts, Sabrina Justison, here with Vicki Tillman and Kim Smythe, and our special extra guest today is Blossom, the Seeing Eye Puppy. She will not actually be sharing any thoughts about homeschooling, but Kim is uh, puppy sitting. Is that the yes, correct term? Yes, that is the correct yes. term. As a part of her training as a seeing eye dog. So if you hear snuffly noises, that's not us. That's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> so Absolutely this episode is going to be about history and finding excellent ways to study history in your homeschool high school. So there's lots of different ways to do history with homeschool high schoolers. There are lots of different ways. Lots of different ways because there's not one, one right, right way, way to homeschool. homeschool. All right. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun with that because our many kids and the many kids in our homeschool community learned history many different ways yeah, and found success in, um, in their <laughs> educational adventures. In many different ways. ways. Absolutely. So, um, actually, my daughter, who is now 24, you're really old, Sabrina. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah, 24, and and a teacher in the Baltimore County public school system. Um, But she and I were driving together the other day, and she said, Oh, Mom, have you listened to anything from the Hamilton soundtrack yet? Have you guys listened to any of Hamilton? I know my daughter-in-law is a huge Hamilton fan. And I've heard a bunch of it when I hung out with your daughter at drama camp for two weeks (laughs) because she was singing it constantly. She was. was. The idea of Hamilton, I thought, was really stupid when I first heard about it. Like rapping American history? Yeah. I I thought, wow, okay, guys, you're just like reaching so far to just try to be weird, like just for the sake (laughs) of weirdness. Oh, I was so wrong, and my apologies to... I don't think I actually said it to anyone, like, wow, that sounds really stupid. I'm saying it now, but... um, yeah, I was wrong. Boy, it's not stupid. And I, my son um, told me sort of the, yeah. the story behind why this guy so desperately wanted to bring this book about Alexander Hamilton to the Broadway stage as a rap and hip-hop musical. Why did he want to do that? Because he had many friends who were African-American who said that when they were learning American history in high school, they felt that it was not their history. Mm. And they were basically just tuning it out. Mm-hmm. And he said that um, when he read this this biography of Hamilton that, that sparked the idea for the musical, that he was so moved by the story of conflict and by how much the founding fathers disagreed with each other and how much Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Jefferson couldn't stand each other. They didn't mm-hmm. like each other. Tremendous mm-hmm. amounts of strife. Wow. And he said that when he started talking to his African-American friends about how inspired he was getting, looking at all this, and how America was born out of these tremendously diverse ideas, banging up against each other and creating sparks and smoothing off rough edges and, and finally becoming something cohesive. And then he looked at the news today and he said, okay, so we're still, we're banging up against each other. Our ideologies clash. And yet maybe there's something worth all Mm. that struggle and strife. Mm. If we keep buffing off the rough edges off of each other and if we can get young people today to realize 
that our founding fathers were not coming from a cookie cutter. Not at all. They were so, you know, so that that got my ed- educator geek going. Yeah. Know, I was like, That's so cool. And then I listened to the soundtrack. Oh, dear me. I, I, I want to go back and, like, reread the Federalist Papers because <laughs> my daughter said, you know, I just really didn't care for American history in high school. It is not something that grabbed me. It was something where I checked off the box and got it done. She said, when I listened to the Hamilton version of the Battle of Yorktown, I am desperate to go back and study the Battle of Yorktown and really, like, understand what happened oh, there. And yeah. So, hey, whatever approach is going to get you really learning something. Whatever, whatever works. If you want to learn a little bit more, check out the Tony Award YouTubes because they did a lot of Hamilton at the Tonys. And that uh, really they piqued did, my they interest. Did Yorktown, didn't they? I uh-huh. think they did the Battle on the Tables. Did they do that at the Tonys, or was that someplace else? I don't think okay, so. Okay, never mind. Sorry. No, maybe. <laughs> Battle of Yorktown table dancing. Spoiler alert. My bad. <laughs> Could be. Lots of really good brain cells firing and having sharp memories here today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yes. I don't want to say it wasn't, but you never know. So moving <laughs> right along. <laughs> so. so history. History learning. History learning. <laughs> All right, so... Um, Let's let's point you to the blog first of all. If you yes. have not visited the Seven Sisters Homeschool blog, you will be happy that you did. You should check it out because there are a lot of posts there um, uh, that address different ways to teach history in your homeschool high school, and um, lots of ideas for combining credits too for weaving your history learning yeah. into other subjects. Which is a great idea. You get the most out of homeschooling high school. Excellent. All right, so let's talk about five pretty um, pretty solid category divisions in ways to think about how you're going to teach history okay. in high school. So um, let's talk about the types of learners because understanding how your kid best learns and how you best homeschool as a mom right. because your learning style matters too. Um, looking at that and then thinking backwards. Okay, so what do we do with hands-on learners? So hands-on learners are so much fun because all you got to do is log hours, get those Carnegie credits, and uh, it, so every state's going to be different as to how many hours the kids need, 135 to 180, but they can do things that are interesting to them. So if you take American history, you can go on field trips. Mm-hmm. So you can think of favorite field trips we've taken our kids on, you know, we've got so many things here on the East Coast that our kids oh, have yeah. done. Yeah, we are blessed to be here because yeah. it's it's a couple hours drive gets you to all kinds of amazing pieces of yeah. American history. Oh, yeah. Come visit us and we'll take you on the uh, Philadelphia, um, what's the movie with Nicolas Cage? The memory thing is good today. Oh, uh, <laughs> National Treasure. National Treasure, yes. We'll take you on the National Treasure Philadelphia field trip. It's our family's favorite I grew, up, I grew up in Philly, born and raised. Lots of pride there. Yeah. <laughs> you have to do a post on that, Kim. I should. That would be fun. <laughs> so, and, and you can count things like watching documentaries. So if they have favorite PBS or History Channel or mm. Amy documentaries on one of the American history topics that they like, log those hours. Mm. Let, let's just get really boring nuts and bolts because yeah. there might be people listening. Who, what exactly do you mean by log hours? 
you are so smart to ask that question. <laughs> I mean, everybody might not know. It means when they're doing something history-related, write the date, how much time they did doing that activity and what the activity is. So real simple. Like our kids had like a calendar-looking grid, and they would just write the date on it and what they did. And then each square stood for about an hour. So if they did a 45-minute documentary, that was close enough to an hour. So if they did a two-hour movie, like, you know, if Hamilton becomes a movie or something, then they would watch that, or, or Gods and Generals, which is like 92 hours, you know, so they, <laughs> yes. they would, yep. you know, log down about four or five different squares, you know, that were all for that. And when they got enough squares filled up for their credit, they knew that they had earned their history credit. It's a really good way to just at a glance track your progress right. and save some of that um, strife that can occur in the homeschool high school experience where mom says, I think we're falling behind on such and such. And kid says, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And when you have that log sheet and at a glance can say, well, this is how many empty squares are still there. And this is how long we have till the end of the school year. So perhaps we should step it up. Absolutely. Yeah, we and would keep log sheets taped up by their computers yep. or on the refrigerator yeah, in the car, in the glove in box. The car, yeah. Yep. Keep now, who mind. should be logging this? Does mom have to actually log it to make it legit? That's a good question. What did you guys do when you were logging hours? I, for the most part, told my kids they had to log their own hours because mm -hmm. when they made note of what they had done, when I glanced at it, I, I had more brain cells back then. So mm -hmm. I would recognize whether that was something that sounded familiar that I knew about. <laughs> and um, I hoped that none of my kids were just inventing things and lying, but it would have been a good place to catch that and correct it if it were to happen. But no, yeah. I, I felt like they were doing this learning. They were earning a credit to go on their transcript. And it was probably pretty important that they be keeping track of that. So it's part of their character development mm -hmm. to log their own hours. And my kids did, by and large, do their own logging. And then I you know, I knew what they were doing, so I would sign off on right. it. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it is a character development thing to own your own education, to take charge of your own life. And, and also to learn that if you log the hours as you go, you're actually really going to get credit yeah. for all the hours. <laughs> Many of our kids, mine, my hand raised, and it would have been me if I were the student, lost hours like we would have maybe done a double credit by the time because of things oh i forgot to log that oh mm -hmm. i forgot to log that and it's a really good lesson yeah. yep and it, it is just like life like i work as a counselor and i do a lot of counseling sessions but those sessions never existed if i don't write notes on them if mm. there's not a paper trail if you didn't write it it didn't happen so mm. it's a good life skill to teach them so wait is this kind of like if you didn't write it on the grocery list i'm not responsible for not picking it up at the store because <laughs> yes. i really want people to learn that lesson sounds pretty unfortunately similar. at my house if they write it on the grocery list it still might not come home. <laughs> like, I remember walking to that place on the shelf, but nothing really happened once I got there. Yeah. Or in our house, three different people will grocery shop within a day of each other, not realizing it, we'll end up with three of something. Yeah. All of them opened, too. Oh, the yeah. choice of drivers in the house. Yeah. Oh. 
Yeah. No? Okay. So moving anyway, on from anyway, the grocery list. So they, it's so, hands so on. One, yes. one of the things that I have had our parents ask, you know, if they've got a hands-on learner, is are they going to cover everything they need to for a history credit? And the thing is, by the time the kids get to high school, they've already had American history how many times? Mm. At least twice. A couple, at least, yeah. Yeah. And so they should have the basics down. And you can take a syllabus, like, from a history book and say, we're going to cover these areas. Or you can really take high school, it's okay to do this, and just plow into an interest area. So they might spend a whole year on, like, World War II history or mm. Civil War history and do reenactments and log some of that. Mm. That at high school, it's okay to specialize. That was hard for me to get comfortable with, honestly. Mm -hmm. I was probably one of those moms who was whining, you know, in your ear saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Because I really felt like if, if I'm not sure that we sort of covered that timeline, mm -hmm. and the truth was that philosophically, I thought the timeline approach to history learning hadn't worked for me. My kids mm -hmm. were not interested. And I know some mm -hmm. kids, I had a niece who loved it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's, it was fine. But for us, like I knew the whole sort of timeline, let's make sure we cover everything, wasn't sticking with them anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was hard to let go of that yeah. mindset. So sometimes mm -hmm. you're fighting your own fears a little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So hands-on learners is really the perfect way to do a high school history credit. Excellent. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a hands-on learner who is really into a particular time period, you might find reenacting is an amazing oh, yeah. tool for yeah. learning. Yeah. We have had reenactors, none in my family, but mm. in our community that yeah. um, really ran with that. Okay, so let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum. Not the hands-on learner, but the, oh, please, just tell me that this will be on my transcript and I won't have to think about it again. Just kind of get it done and check it off. Kind of like my kids are with math. Mm. You know, some kids are that way with history. Like, oh, please, just let's get this over with. So mm -hmm. what you do... Yeah, hand them a textbook. Mm -hmm. There's a time and a place for a textbook in homeschool, high school, if it fits, if it fits. your family, yeah, right? Because right. there's not one right way to homeschool. And how do you choose what textbook you're going to use? How do you know what's going to be demanding enough but not overwhelming? Do you just search on the internet? Do you talk to friends? Does it matter what their plans are for after high school? How do you pick a textbook? Yeah, that's a good thought. Yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> Good leading questions. I'm just full of questions this morning, aren't I? <laughs> you know, we were really blessed with our umbrella school that our mm. kids were part of because families would donate their curriculum to the library there. And so you could just go peruse the shelves and there would be a gazillion different texts and you just look through and say, okay, if you've got a kid who needs lots of pictures, which textbook has more mm. pictures? Or which one really spends a lot of time on this time period, and I know my kid will be more interested. Or which is the more level two textbook? So there are some um, special texts that are more for just your average learner, or which is really fat textbook that my honors level kid would like that better. So yeah. it's just looking at them is the best way. And talking to people, mm -hmm. and, and you just said something that, that kind of triggered something for me, is what's my kid's reading level? Yeah, and how much are they going to do on their own versus how much am I going to do with them, and and yeah. even not just reading level, but how much, how much white space is? Oh, in I that was textbook. just going to say, how about distractibility? Yeah, yeah, white space was a huge issue yeah. for two of my kids. Yeah, and if I handed them something where the the, even if there were lots of pictures, if the text was very dense on the page, 
they were defeated before they started. They felt yeah. overwhelmed. And that, that's just real life. You mm-hmm. know, like we all have different styles and there are all kinds of different textbooks. So fortunately with the internet too, you can tool around and oh, see yeah. a little bit of what people have. Mm-hmm. But, but it sounds a, like we're all giving a, a huge shout out to the idea of community. Yes, mm-hmm. success when you're homeschooling high school. Very, right. very helpful to be able to mm-hmm. talk to others and look at each other's shelves. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right, so hands-on learners can earn Carnegie hours, and the get-or-done kids can use a textbook. How about kids who are very research-minded and who like to dig in and Mm. ask questions like Uh, I'm doing today? Yeah. So there are kids who love history, and they want to do a big explore, or they're the kind of kid who's going to question everything about history. So, you know, what, why Black Lives Matter? And, and they'll want to go and explore all the way back to, you know, the slave days and the, you know, the history of uh, the African-Americans here. And for those kids, doing some project or problem-based learning is a really, really good way to do it. So we, we did that uh, with a group of our homeschool high schoolers. Uh, several years in a row at the Umbrella School. And what we did is um, we followed some guidelines that uh, are at the University of Delaware's website, unless they took them off, because they do problem-based learning there at UD. And Mm -hmm. uh, so we followed those, like, what you do is you Mm -hmm. propose a problem to the kid, like, you know, how did this happen? Or if you were a person in this community in like 1823 and this was going on, what, how would you solve the problem given the resources of that time period? And uh, so the kids would have to explore what are the resources of the time period and, and go do some reading on history.com or AmericanHistory.com and get out some primary documents and read old, mm. you know, clippings from newspapers. And then they construct an answer to that problem is for a an inquisitive brain or the kid that's going to go become a politician or change the world kind of kid it is the perfect way to get a credit or the kid mm. who grew up loving magic school bus that's what it sounds <laughs> like to me miss frizzle would like take them somewhere and say, yes okay, here's yeah. the problem we're in the middle of it what do we and i loved that yes. that's so cool so it's yeah it's just the next generation miss frizzle there and, uh, there yeah. but for, for those kids then you log the hours mm. so mm. until they get up to their credit hours mm-hmm. excellent all right, so we got the hands-on kids, we got the uh, textbooky kids, we've got the problem-solving, mystery-investigating kids. How about the bookworms? How about the mm-hmm. avid readers who just could curl up on that window seat and read all day? Uh, did did y'all have one of those? Yeah, kind of. I I had a bookworm. It was not a history-loving bookworm, though. Yeah. So so I had one. Yeah. Yeah, and he he loved history, and what he wanted to do was read real stuff about history. So mm-hmm. he would read historic novels and also mm-hmm. just quality nonfiction, mm-hmm. and uh, take his time period that he was interested in and read sixteen books or more, but 16 seems to work out to be about a credit's worth and do papers based on what he read. So some would be like book reports and some would be essays like, I'm really mad at the author of this book because I don't agree. And so he'd write essays on that. And he used uh, those book um, ideas and developed those into his research papers mm-hmm. also. Now, if you had a kid who was um, an avid reader, but also um, projecty oriented. Could you 
could you have them develop a project out of a book they'd read rather than a written paper? That's a great idea. Yeah. Mm. So I'm thinking so, like a film thing or, a, you know, uh-huh. I, I had a kid who that would have always been his go to if I would have yeah. it, you know. Yeah. Right. Um, or even or a presentation. Uh, right. A presentation. Or you know, I'm thinking, what's the high school version of the dioramas that we yes. used to make in fourth grade? You <laughs> yeah. Know? Well, you know, our cinem- cinematography kids back when they were in high yeah. school did um, they filmed Bible stories and and for their projects in co-op would do history stories that they filmed. So what they did oh, is... Oh, my word. The, the West, Westward Adventure? What was it? The uh, Columbus? Yes. Oh, my oh, goodness. The young, the young ones did. Uh, amazing. It's on the website. Look at sevensistershomeschool.com. And I think it's called The Westward Adventure. It was about Columbus. It was about Columbus. Mm. And that was, that was one of our co-op... And they were running short of girls to do (laughs) Queen Elizabeth. They were. Or no, Queen Isabel. Queen Isabel. Yes, yes. yes. That was was my child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. And they they learned, you know, filmmaking stuff, but they Mm -hmm. had to interact with history to be able to pull off something that that was meaningful. So, So they logged hours. But then the bookwormy kids would read their books. So, and some of the kids then would do half and half. So instead of 16 books, they'd read eight books. Mm. Okay, so actually you're dribbling into category five, which is some combo (laughs) of the previous four. Indeed. So hands-on experiential learning, textbook learning, research learning, reading, and then you get to mix mix and match. match. Mm. Indeed. Yeah, so there's an eight book book list with some papers would be half a credit and if they logged like 68 hours um or more if you had the 180 hour state um of experiences like film projects and field trips and stuff then they put together a very meaningful credit for them Mm -hmm. i was actually coaching a mom last year whose kid had done half of a textbook before finally saying mom i absolutely don't like this textbook. Yeah. Do I have to finish this this year? And so then they went to the next half of the timeline within the the syllabus. There, turned all of that into experiential and and books and logged and hours. And logged hours. Books. So they had done yeah. half of a textbook. Uh huh. Because it's actually okay to decide that something's not working and make a change. Oh yes. As yes. long as you are doing it intentionally and thoughtfully, right? Indeed. And so. Well, or to recognize this is a terrible decision and now I'm going to change tracks, but you're not wasting any time. You just, you know, you document that you did half the textbook and then start logging book lists and hours. So half a textbook, four books and 34-ish hours of experiences and there you go. Cool. So it's kind of like an egg roll and some wonton soup and then I would like the general... (laughs) So it's chicken. chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So good life skills too. Make yeah, it work. Absolutely. Make it work. Well, just remembering that the whole point is, you know, sometimes the point. Is, I'm sorry, I don't know how I got there. But I'm oh, right no. with you. I'm hungry. <laughs> but it's just the whole point of what was the point? Oh, homeschooling is just no fun at all. It's no fun. We never have fun. <laughs> Oh, that the point is sometimes the points check in the box, mm-hmm. but hopefully the point is learning, and so you just do what way mm-hmm. is going to help you learn the most, and that's going to change, and you're going to figure it out all along, just like we all do yeah. with so much. 
Yeah. And then there's the thinking kids. I was just about to ask you about mm-hmm. that because that was my youngest and you mm-hmm. spent quite a bit of time with him doing history things. So tell me about so the thinking with, kids. Yeah, Sabrina's youngest, one of his first questions when he sat with his first advising session with me was something about, like, what's the meaning of life? <laughs> and, you know, like... One of those surface bluff kind of like, kids, yeah. you know? What, oh, yeah. what, what are your goals for this year? I need to know the meaning of life, you know, so, you know, kids who ask questions or, you know, why does the Bible say this Mm. and the world looks like this, you know, so they're asking things that you can tell their soul is wrestling Mm -hmm. and instead of going, oh my gosh, I have to just tell them what to say, if you give them the skills to think and to, to wrestle with ideas and not be afraid of ideas, then they will do well in life and, and go on to think great thoughts and do great things. So how does that tie into history learning? Because it definitely did for Jonah. I'm giving you a, a good sh- shameless, shameless segue plug. All right. into a curriculum plug. Vicki has so, a really unique, wonderful piece of curriculum yeah. that was a fantastic fit for my youngest. So tell us about it. So you should go to sevensistershomeschool.com and look at the book, The History and Philosophy of the Western World. Mm-hmm. And what that is is the, the kids' world history credit, which they need... But it's also taught in the framework of the great philosophers throughout time in in Western history and what they were thinking and how they changed the world around them with their thoughts and how the world influenced them also. And also as church history came in, how the church influenced the world and how that, you know, went back and forth. So it's it's a thinking history in a very fun format. So it's not like, oh my gosh, this is really dry because I don't believe in dry. But it gives the kids the basic infrastructure to get some good deep thinking, like gives them a place to hang their thoughts Mm -hmm. so that they can start to develop those. So it was co-written by my son, who's a doctorate in philosophy, Dr. Micah Tillman. And uh, he also has a book at sevensistershomeschool.com. Which is philosophy and four questions, which your son it's also an amazing, was an yeah. amazing follow up for my youngest. Yeah. Yes, after he had done history and philosophy of the Western world and loved it so very much, then when he heard that Dr. Micah had his book ready, he was like, Ah, uh, mom, doing Aww. that. I'm so doing philosophy. And he, to this day, will tell you probably his number one favorite class wow. of all time in all yeah. of homeschooling. Because so. the thinking kids have to think. Mm-hmm. And the, these, these are not dry tools. They're not complicated tools. They're not like PhD level tools. They're high school, let's have fun with these ideas, tools from a real philosopher. And so the, these kids have to think. So you want to give them something to think with so that they can be using their thoughts in a useful way for them. So you betcha. Yeah. All right. So let's kind of tie this in just to a couple of, of specific things. We, we talked before we began the podcast, we, we want to just mention for people who are still in that kind of scared of high school place, what are the bare bones? What has to show up on that transcript in regards to history, social studies credits? So they need their American history credit, a full credit of that, full credit of world history, most states want a half credit of geography, half credit of civics, American government, half credit of economics, and then there's a half credit left over, so they'll have four total credits. A lot of colleges these days want social sciences, 
for Which that are? list. Psychology and sociology, things like human development. Human development, yeah. yeah. Which you can find at <laughs> sevensistershomeschool.com. And that was one of my family's favorite things we ever did in high school. Human development. Was human development by far. Fun course. Yes, very fun. And the, those are the, the life skills kinds of things. You know, everybody is going to either be a parent or no parents or take care of their parents or have siblings or things like that. And that's what human development is about. So, and I got the most lovely email from a Seven Sisters customer the other day asking for some clarification because this mom wanted to order human development and use it with her two oldest kids, but they have, I believe, eight children in their family. And she said that they were looking for something that would be a social science but that would also help their older children have a heart for all their younger siblings. And so this mom said, does this address things like why toddlers are so defiant sometimes and why um, for certain kids, for certain ages, uh, you got to play the same game over (laughs) and over and over again. And and it was so much fun to be able to answer her and say, oh, you have found what you're looking for. That is exactly the kind of stuff that human development from a Christian worldview is looking at. And then for Mm -hmm. kids who don't need that social science, then they can do a history elective for just, you know, really jump into that. The way to know if your transcript needs social sciences, check college websites and also um, HSLDA, Homeschool Legal Defense, has a list on their website on what's required in each state. Very good. So do your research and know your state right. for your homeschool. Indeed. All right, a couple of other specific um, ideas that various ones of our kids really enjoyed. You mentioned historical novels earlier, and um, I just want to kind of give another little plug for that. Mm. There's There are... A lot of people, even if they're not um, super avid readers, what what they do like to read when they read is historical novels. Now, mm-hmm. if you're dealing with fiction, how does that fit in? Because it's not how much of it's true. How accurate is it? You yeah. know. Um, so how do you balance that? If you if you've got a kid who wants to read a lot of historical fiction, mm-hmm. how do you help mm-hmm. them choose in such a way that they really are learning what they should be learning for history as well as adding to their book list? What have you found that works for you guys? Um, it's actually pretty... It, the internet is a wonderful tool for researching <laughs> the accuracy of stuff. Now, we yep. didn't do it as much with historical novels, but one of my sons was all about historical movies. Mm-hmm. And then he would go and read up on the screenwriter and the director and the studio who put the money behind it and how how much were they going for accuracy on this and how did they do their homework and who else was involved in the project mm-hmm. and that was really fascinating mm-hmm. to him i would imagine that you can do much the same with historical fiction that you can look into the the author and where they're coming from in the publishing house and if something is primarily a romantic fluff set in a historical time period you maybe shrug a little and go i i guess there's some history there yeah but when you're looking at something that's really meaty um, you're you're probably learning a whole lot of history. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. want to check the quality of the writer, and um, and the internet's a good place to check that out. But that's good critical thinking to be able to say how much of this is actually accurate and what would be more accurate. Even textbooks, 
it's really important to say how accurately was that presented because mm-hmm. if you go online you can find okay well in this edition mm-hmm. you know, XXX oh, yeah. is not accurate I, I can remember being raised in the south being absolutely um, appalled when my college level geography textbook explained that southerners weren't as bright as northerners <gasps> no I'm not kidding oh my because more of them die in tornadoes every year than northerners do <laughs> Yes, so I had critical thinking discussions with my college professor on that. So (laughs) you never outgrow critical thinking, and to use part of your discussion time with kids is, you know, okay. So how accurate do you think that was? Oh, so do I dare say this because this is slightly controversial? But um, there's the accuracy of textbooks, and then there's the worldview position from which the textbook was written. That has Mm -hmm. created a lot of conversation in my house over Mm -hmm. the years, Mm -hmm. some of which would have made some of my homeschool friends uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because um, I thought it was okay for my kids to say, I'm sorry, isn't this like a heavy spin in this one direction? Mm -hmm. And aren't there very educated, very solid, well-rounded people who would present this in a very different light? And and it it was okay for us. It was okay to ask those kinds of questions, to try to do it respectfully. but I think that's a super important skill for yeah. teens to, to but There's no that. human mm-hmm. being that's not biased in one way or the other. Absolutely. And to say, what's the worldview being presented in the textbook or in the historical fiction or in the nonfiction that everybody has their infrastructure, which is why I think children should study philosophy because yeah. it helps you examine helps your pre- presuppositions. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. All right, so you'll definitely find a lot of critical thinking coming into play as your kids are studying history in high school, especially if you encourage them yes, to indeed. use critical thinking skills. And as you are planning for history for high school, we hope that you'll take into mind um, the learning style of your kid and your homeschool in general. Is it more hands-on? Is it more textbook? Is it more research? Is it more uh, bookwormy? Or is it some combination of this, that, and the other? Indeed. Mm-hmm. And um, we hope that you will give yourself permission to ask questions, even as you encourage your teen to ask questions. As you're looking at your plans for the year or for the four years of high school, ask yourself questions like, what is the goal? Where are we coming from and where are we trying to end up? Because those kinds of things will help you make much more... um, much more fun choices for your homeschool, but Mm -hmm. also really Choices that will powerfully equip your kid mm-hmm. for after high school. Yes. Yeah. Because there's not one, one right, right way, way to, to homeschool school, high school. school. Yeah. So thank you for joining us. We do encourage you to hop over to sevensistershomeschool.com and look at the resources there, including history and philosophy of the Western world. We also, I'm sorry, I'm making noise, but it's because I'm pulling out my handy dandy folder. Because we talk every podcast about how we would love it if you would go over to iTunes and if you would maybe give us some stars or maybe write a little review. And um, I have found that it's kind of confusing not, to figure out how that to do user that. Friendly, yeah. So if it's okay, can I just tell you step by step how you could do that on okay. iTunes? Yes, would you good please? Alrighty then. So I found the easiest way to get there was first to go to our our sponsor site, ultimateradioshow.com. Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network? It's, yes, but yes. the but the web address is ultimateradioshow.com. Ultimate Radio Great. 
And when you're there, you'll see the icon for the Homeschool High School podcast. It's on the top row, and it's the sixth one over from the left, and it's mm -hmm. adorable. And so you'll see our little, our little icon there, and you click there, and then it'll take you to our page, and you scroll to the bottom of the description, and there's little bullet points, and the first bullet point gives you the option to subscribe on iTunes. Right there on our little page. Right on mm -hmm. our little page at ultimateradioshow.com. So if you click that to subscribe on iTunes, then it'll take you into iTunes and you'll see our adorable logo yet again. And there will be a place right under that logo where you can click to view in iTunes. And that's the tricky, confusing part. If you mm -hmm. get there and you don't know, you have to actually then go to view it in iTunes. View in iTunes. View in so iTunes. view in iTunes. And it will open up a new window. And there's our logo again. Yeah. Our logo just keeps showing up. And right next to it, you'll have the choice for details or ratings and review or related. So guess which one we hope you'll click on. Ratings and, and review. Yay. And once you've done that, you get to click stars and you can give us, you could give us five if you really like us. We would love that. And then you can write a little review if you would like yeah. as and well. And that, that helps other families who are looking for homeschool high school information find us more easily. And that's the thing. In the early days of a podcast, until there's been a lot of traffic through iTunes, um, if you just go into the iTunes store right now and you search for homeschool podcasts or homeschool high school, you probably won't find that we pop up because so far iTunes doesn't realize that we're a good resource for high school homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. So if you tell iTunes this is a good resource, then it will pull us up. It'll go amazing. Let's add them to our list. Yes. Yay. Yes. So this is your chance to be heard on iTunes, people. So thank right. you. And we appreciate yes. it. So thank you for joining us. We look forward to being with you again for future episodes of the, the Homeschool High School, High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com, brought to you by the wonderful people at UltimateRadioShow.com, the Ultimate Homeschool, Homeschool Radio, Radio Network. Network. Have a good one.